Good morning and welcome back. Today, I'm going to teach you about the one person that God cannot do without. You want to make sure that you are this kind of person. Somebody type in the chat, put this, say, I choose to be God's favorite person. Wake up every day and say, you know what, God, I know you show no favoritism. You're no respecter of persons, but I want to do what you love to do. I want to be your favorite person. The Bible actually says that God favors. Now, he doesn't like pick one kid over the other, but he favors certain people, specifically one person. And I'm going to show you the kind of person that God loves deeply. Go with me in your Bible to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. I believe you'll be blessed by this today. Make sure you hit like, hit share, send this to somebody. If you're on Facebook, share this on your timeline. If you're on YouTube, give it a thumbs up, send it to somebody who will send it to somebody who will send it to somebody else. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. This is a lesson that greatly changed my financial life. We're going to read it out of the Amplified. And I'm hoping you're having a great morning. Every single Wednesday, I cover what the Bible says about finances. Did you know that Jesus talked more about money than any other subject in the Bible? And he talked a lot about people being financially blessed. The Bible has a lot to say about financial blessing in your life. Now, here's the kicker. As many promises as there are about finances and financial prosperity and being blessed with your wealth, there's as many warnings. So with as many blessings, there are as many warnings, meaning that God intends to bless you. God will increase you. God will multiply you. The windows of heaven will be opened over your life. God has angels that will work around the clock to bless your business, bless your job, get you promotions. God will do everything that he can in his power, which is limitless, to take you to the top in life if you obey and you don't idolize the blessing. Here's where people get tripped up. People realize God's blessing them. People realize God wants to increase them and multiply them. But all of a sudden, they start getting so blessed that kind of like Lot's wife, they look back at the blessing. If you remember, the Bible says that in the last days, it'll be like the days of Noah. And Jesus refers Lot's family. When Sodom and Gomorrah was about to be judged by the Lord and destroyed, there was one person that looked back at Sodom and Gomorrah. It was Lot's wife, and she turned to a pillar of salt. The blessing is great. God will bless you, but your material wealth and your blessing should never outperform your love for God. It should never replace God in your life. The moment it becomes an idol, and you look back like Lot's wife did... You're toast. Don't keep your eyes on the blessing. Keep your eyes on the covenant, on Jesus. The Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God and all of its righteousness, and then everything else will be added unto you. So the blessing is great. Trust me, I'm living in it. I wake up every day excited to be awake. I remember what it was like to wake up every day and not want to be awake. I remember the days when I would roll out of bed and I'd have to go wash windows or I'd have to go power wash, or I'd have to go stain decks. I'd have to go 
hang Christmas lights when it was five degrees outside. I did this for years. Many people can't do it for five days without crying about it. I did it for years. And I never woke up excited to, to go and do what I had to do in life. But when I got a hold of the fact that God loves a specific type of person and God is able to make all grace abound to that type of person, I made sure to become that kind of person. Now let's see what the Bible says. 2 Corinthians 9, starting in verse 6. This is the Amplified. I want you to hear this. Remember this. He who sows sparingly and grudgingly will also reap sparingly and grudgingly. Let's stop there. I want you to type this in the comments. God calls money a seed. The Bible is inspired by God, written by God. Men that were inspired by the Holy Ghost. Basically, the Holy Spirit wrote the Bible, is what the Bible says. The Spirit of God called your money a seed. The moment God called your money a seed, it should change the way you look at money for the rest of your life. Whenever you see money in your wallet, whenever you see numbers in your bank account, whenever you see finances, you should look at them and say, oh, that's a seed. This is a seed. Everything's a seed in the kingdom of God. It's the law of seed time and harvest. But the moment that God called your money seed, you should become a money farmer. If I gave you a handful of corn kernels and I said, here's your seed for a crop, would you just hold on to it and be like, praise the Lord. Can't wait to watch these corn stalks grow out of my palm. Water it with some spit. No. When you have seed in your hand, the Bible says, unless a seed goes into the ground and dies, it cannot produce fruit. It cannot produce 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold. So the moment God gave you money and said it's a seed, you should be looking for every opportunity to plant it. But there's a way that you must plant. Kind of like with sowing. When you actually farm, there's a time to farm. There's strategy to farming. There's certain seeds that produce certain fruits. Certain seeds that require more attention than other seeds. Farming is not, it's simple, but it's not easy. Talk to any farmer, they're going to tell you it requires a lot of work. It requires intelligence. It requires the blessing of God. My pastor tells a story about what's called a Monday row. Now farmers back in the day, and I'm sure some probably still do today. Farmers back in the day... Monday through Friday, they would sow and sow and sow and sow and sow. So they'd go out to the field, they'd plant, plant, plant. They've got a perfect row. Tuesday, perfect row. All the way through Friday, perfect row. And then they would go spend Saturday and Sunday at the bar and partying. So that they would come back hungover on Monday. Now back in the day when you would plant a seed, you had to take one seed. You had to scoop some dirt out, put it in, scoop the dirt on top of it water it a little bit, move on to the next seed. Well, on Monday, because people would be hung over, they wouldn't take the proper amount of steps to sow the right seed. They would sow one here and one there, and it, it was sporadic. 
and they used to call it a Monday morning row. Many Christians wonder why they keep getting Monday morning rows. Many people are wondering, why do I keep getting a Monday morning row? Why do I get a harvest and then all of a sudden it seems like I walk 10 meters and then finally get another harvest instead of a harvest after a harvest, harvest after a harvest after a harvest? Because you've got a Monday morning row. You can't get lazy in your sowing. You can't get lazy in your sowing. Somebody type in the chat, I won't get lazy in my sowing. Now here's what it says. Those who sow sparingly, meaning you only sow a little bit at a time, they will reap sparingly. You will only reap a little bit at a time. If you've been sowing $100 offerings for two years, you're limiting your harvest. If you've been sowing at the same amount for the last two years, you're actually limiting your harvest. If your sowing has not increased over the last two years, how do you expect your harvest to increase? Me personally, I purpose in my heart every year. Every year I purpose to give more than I gave the year before. How's, where do you start? Let me show you. You start right here with keeping notes on who you give to. Do you track every seed you put in the ground? Are you disciplined with your sowing? If God takes accurate record of everything, he records the hairs on your head. He records every star in the heavens. He records every grain of sand on the seashore. He records every number. He records every tithe. He records every offering. He records every idle word. God records everything. Perfect records in heaven. If God records things, why would you not? God pays attention to your giving. Why would you not? If you haven't kept track of your giving, this is something I used to not do until I, I heard an evangelist teach on it. He said, how are you going to stand on the word? How are you going to believe for your harvest if you don't even know how much harvest is owed to you? Do you keep track of all of your harvest? These are over the last two years. These are all the over and above offerings that we give. Or I should say I give. This isn't like a joint venture. But you guys are a part of our giving. Last year, over and above offerings, gave $12,480, at least from the ones I remember. I'm sure it was more than that from like Pentecostal handshakes and stuff that maybe I forgot to jot down. This year already, we're over $72,000 in over and above offerings, four months in. Next year, we'll quadruple 10x it again. But you've got to keep track of your seed. Keeping track of your seed helps you keep track of your harvest. I remember a friend of mine, Evangelist Jonathan Shuttlesworth. He talked about how him and his wife, Miss Adalis, had been sowing and sowing and sowing. And I think the year before, and this is when their ministry was, was just kind of kicking off and going to the next level. They had sown over $100,000. And they needed a financial breakthrough. They needed to go to the next level. And so they got serious about it. They said, God, enough is enough. Your word says you're not mocked. A man reaps what he sows. We've sown generously. 
Therefore, we call in our harvest. We want the first million dollars to come in this week. Adalus was, was praying that to the Lord. It's not arrogant to hold God to his word. The Bible says, present your case before me. So when you present God's word before him and say, hey, here's your word. Here's what I've done. We're in covenant together. I know you'll bring it to pass. When you present God's word to him, he is faithful and just to bring it to pass. Someone type in the chat, God's bringing it to pass. He's faithful and just to bring it to pass. So Brother Jonathan is actually preaching in England, I believe. It was in London or something. Might have been in London. At a tiny church. There's 130 people in the church. 130 people in the church. Not, it's not like a mega church. There's not 50,000 people there where you would expect a massive offering to come in. 130 people in the church. Every evangelist that had gone there told him the same thing. These people don't give. They're very stingy. Don't expect a big offering. Da -de -da -de -da -de -da -de -da. But here's the thing. People are not responsible for giving you your harvest. God uses people. But God has a million ways to get your harvest to you. I'm not dependent on people giving to me because even if people didn't give to me, God will send the ravens to bring my offering in. God will send the ravens to bring my harvest. The prophet Elijah, he was sitting at the brook called Kareth or Zareph. While he's sitting at the brook, the ravens that were in the king's palace brought him meat to eat. So I'm not dependent. Although we're very thankful for every person that gives to this ministry. I'm not, I like how Evangelist Jonathan says it. If everybody in this ministry stopped giving today, it wouldn't make a difference. We would still increase because I'm a giver. I'm a generous giver. I'm not a sporadic giver. I don't have Monday rows. I have perpetual harvests that come to me every single day. Angels are working around the clock 24-7 because I'm a radical seed sower. Every chance I get, I'm scattering seed. I'm sowing. I'm planting. I'm making money moves in the spirit. Somebody type this in the chat. I'm making money moves in the spirit. <laughs> so while his wife, Miss Adalis, is in America praying, while his wife is praying, saying, God, we hold you to your word. We believe a mighty harvest is coming in. And it's about time we claim the first million dollars now in Jesus' name. They were in totally different countries, and he's preaching in England. And at the end of the meeting, they checked the offering. And the pastor says, would you like to know how much the offering is? Normally, if a pastor says that, it's because it's not a very big offering. <laughs> so he was expecting him to say, it's only $1,000 tonight, Brother Jonathan. And he said, yeah, sure, I'd like to know what the offering was. He said it was $1.1 million. And he laughed and he said, what, did you have the children's church count the offering? Was there some monopoly money in there? And he said, no, sir, I'm being totally honest. The offering was $1.1 million. What had happened was the night before, Brother Jonathan led a woman to salvation. And she was the wife of a billionaire. He had created one of the top 10 apps on the planet. He was a multi-billionaire. And his ex-wife, who had ran off with another guy, came home to him that night. 
knocked on the door and fell on her knees and was crying and repenting. She said, I'm so sorry. I've given my life to Jesus. Please forgive me. Please forgive me. And the billionaire took her back and said, huh, I want to go see who this evangelist is that brought my wife back to me. And he gave a million dollars in that offering. God has a million ways to get your harvest to you. He's not dependent on people. He's not dependent on circumstance. He's not dependent on government. Your harvest is 100% upon you. It's up to you to sow the right seed and to do what the Bible says and bring in your harvest. Someone type this in the chat. My harvest is on the way. My harvest is on the way. God has a million ways to get your harvest to you. So it says here, those who sow sparingly and grudgingly will reap sparingly and grudgingly. What's grudgingly? Grudgingly is like, eh, all right, it's pastor appreciation month. Everybody else is giving. Guess I'm giving. I thought we just did this a couple weeks ago. I thought it wasn't it pastor's birthday. Wasn't it father's day? Wasn't it mother's day? Seems like every other week we're forking up money to our pastor. But I get you, and they just grumble. Every harvest that they reap, that's the same harvest that's going to come back to them. Someone's going to be like, oh my gosh, this person needs money again. Well, I guess we'll give to this person. All right. But it says there's a different kind of person that gets the attention of God. Let this, let, let, capture this by the Spirit. Verse 7 Let each one give. As he is made up in his own mind and purposed in his own heart, not reluctantly or sorrowfully or under compulsion. For God loves, I want you to get this right now. 2 Corinthians 9, verse 7 amplified. God loves, he takes pleasure in, and he prizes above other things, and is unwilling to abandon or do without a cheerful, joyous, prompt to do it giver whose heart is in their giving. That should make you want to do a lap. If you meet that qualification, do you realize what that says? <laughs> There's no one else in the Bible. Like God loves all of his children. Of course. But this is the only person that God says, I will never, I can't abandon, I can't do without. This is the person that I need. This is the kind of person I desire, God says. He takes pleasure in. He prizes above other things. And is unwilling to abandon or do without a cheerful, joyous, prompt to do it giver whose heart is in their giving. God loves a generous giver. God is love and he loved the world so much he gave his only son. And the Bible says if God will freely give us Jesus, how much more will he freely give us all things? God is a generous God. Love can be proven by generosity. Someone once asked a great man of God, what do you look for in a great leader, a great pastor, a great evangelist, a great pastor, a great apostle, a great prophet, a great teacher? What do you look for in a great minister? And he said, generosity. He could have said anything. Kindness. Loving. Meek. Humble. He could have said anything. 
But in a way, he did say all those things. He just summed it up into one word. Generous. Generosity proves humility. It proves meekness. It proves love. Generosity is one of the key facets of God's character. God prizes above all things. A cheerful, joyous, prompt-to-do-it giver whose heart is in their giving. He's unwilling to abandon you or do without. Meaning when God wakes up, you're the first person he thinks of when you're a generous person. God loves generosity. Acts chapter 10. The angel of the Lord appears to Cornelius, a Gentile. He says, let's go there together. I want to read it to you. I want to show you this. Look how powerful this is. Acts chapter 10. Verse 2. A devout man, this is a centurion named Cornelius, a devout man who feared God with all his household. How do you know if you fear God? You're generous. He feared God with all of his household. He gave alms generously to the people and prayed continually to God. About the ninth hour of the day, he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God come in and say to him, Cornelius. And he stared at him in terror and said, What is it, Lord? And he said to him, Your prayers and your alms have ascended as a memorial before God. God remembers your prayers and he remembers your giving. It says they ascended to God as a memorial. You know how they have memorials of great men of God or great, uh, like George Washington, Abraham Lincoln, the, the Abe Lincoln Memorial. Every time you give generously, it's like you have a, a memorial of yourself that goes up before God. Where heaven says, oh, look at that person. Remember this person, God. See how they gave this? See how they gave to their church? They gave to their pastor? They gave to this? They gave to that? A memorial comes up before God every time you're a generous giver. Your prayers and your offerings are stored in bowls in heaven. The book of Revelation says, I think it's in Revelation 4. And it says that when those bowls fill up, God pours them out. Every harvest is on the way. You never have to worry about it. You never have to second guess it. You never have to look at the bank account, look at the bills. You never have to look at natural circumstances and say, man, I really hope this stuff is on the way. No, you know the Bible says God is not a man that he should lie, nor is he the son of man that he would change his mind. If he said something, he will bring it to pass. The harvest is on the way. I sow generously, I reap generously. My heart is in my giving. Hallelujah. Go back to 2 Corinthians 9, and I'm going to pray for you to have money, miracles, enter your life today. In Jesus' name. Let's finish this out. Verse 8, 2 Corinthians 9, 8 in the Amplified. And God is able. Huh. God is able. I think 20 times in the New Testament, something like that, it says, God is able. God is able. Hey, would you mind answering this for me, Cade? It's Pastor Terry in Canada. Just let him know I'm doing a live stream. I'll call him right back. Thank you. If anybody's watching this from Canada, I would love to have you join me in uh, Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. In uh, a few weeks here. I'll advertise it. 
Look at this, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8. And God is able to make all grace, every favor and earthly blessing come to you in abundance. Your generosity provokes God to make all grace abound towards you. Every favor and earthly blessing come to you in abundance so that you may always and under all circumstances and whatever the need be self-sufficient. I want you to write this in your notes. God wants you to be self-sufficient. God doesn't want you to lack. God has no intention on you lacking. God has no intention on you not having enough. God has no intention on you not being sufficient to meet your needs and meet the needs of others. God has the intention to abound in blessings to you or toward your life. That every favor and earthly blessing would come to you in abundance so that you may always and under all circumstances and whatever the need, whatever the need, do we need a new house? Do we need a new car? Do we need new property? Whatever the need be, self-sufficient. Thank you. Be self-sufficient. And look at this, it says in brackets, possessing enough to require no aid or support and furnished in abundance for every good work and charitable donation. Someone type this in the chat. I am furnished in abundance. God intends for you to be furnished in abundance. Furnished in abundance. Your generosity. Pastor Mark Hankins says it this way. Your over and above giving produces your over and above living. The reason I drive a nice car is because I gave away my old car. The reason I wear nice clothes is because I've given away nice clothes. The reason I wear nice shoes is because I've given away nice shoes. The reason why I have nice watches, nice colognes, nice wallets is because I've given away watches and colognes and wallets. The reason I reap generously is because I give generously by the grace of God. And he makes all grace abound toward me. And look at this, verse 10. And God who provides seed for the sower and bread for eating will also provide and multiply. Somebody type this in the chat. Provide and multiply. God will provide and God will multiply. Your resources for sowing and increase the fruits of your righteousness, which manifests itself in active goodness, kindness, and charity or generosity. Thus you will be enriched in all things and in every way so that you can be generous in your generosity as it is administered by us will bring forth thanksgiving to God. So the Bible says God provides seed to the sower. When God knows you're going to sow, he'll put seed in your hand. I tell you that story of how a couple months ago I said, Lord, I want to sow $10,000 into our new church building. Would you put it into my hand? Within a couple of weeks, God supernaturally brought $10,000 into my hands. And I sowed it into our church. And God gave me a business idea that launched, brought in like $100,000 in a little over two months. From one seed... One $10,000 seed. God multiplied it. 
He provided the seed and then he multiplied it. He provided it and then he multiplied it. If you're a generous giver whose heart is in their giving, God will put seed in your hand to sow and he will multiply the fruits of your righteousness. I've seen it time and time again. God is faithful. He will bring it to pass. So there's one person that God cannot do without. And he said it's a joyous, prompt-to-do-it giver whose heart is in their giving. God loves generous people. God favors them. He makes every earthly favor and blessing abound toward them in abundance. I choose to be a generous man. In Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. Well, I hope you got something from this today. I believe you did. Remember, your over and above giving produces your over and above living. Generosity is the seed for abundance in your life. Generosity, I'll read one more scripture to you, is the seed for abundance in your life. Proverbs 11, verse 24. This is the Amplified. There are those who generously scatter abroad and yet increase more. There are those who withhold more than is fitting or what is justly due, but it results in lack. The generous person shall be enriched, and whoever waters shall himself be watered. Your generosity is the seed to your abundance. Now, a lot of people are going to say, why do you talk about money so much on this channel? If you boil most people's problems down, most of them have to do with the category of money. When the divorce rate was at 50%, they said almost 100% of the reasons why people got divorced was because of financial reasons, because of debt, because of lack. Lack of finances causes nothing but destruction and stress and anxiety, which breaks down your immune system and opens the door for sickness and disease to come, and it just destroys you. When Satan was destroying the woman, when Satan was destroying the woman with an issue of blood for 12 years, what does it say? She spent all her money on doctors and did not get better, but rather she grew worse. Rather, she grew worse. So the devil is looking to drain you of your health and drain you of your wealth. Well, if that's what the devil's looking to do, I'm going to press hard. I'm going to teach on health and I'm going to teach on wealth. I'm going to teach people how to conquer, how to master money instead of money mastering you. I want to give you an opportunity to give today. As you know, we're reaching hundreds of millions of people each and every single month around the planet on social media. We also do in-person evangelism. We're currently feeding 2,000 kids each and every single month in third world nations. This is a handwritten letter by them thanking us for the over 30,000 meals that we've provided now. I think it's just about 30,000. I think we're at 20, 28,000 meals now that we've provided. We have about a dozen other ministries that we partner with on a regular basis. And we're raising up a thousand online evangelists. We just had two guys this week pass a million on YouTube. We're reaching tons of people online. People getting saved. 
So I encourage you, if you feel drawn, if you feel in your spirit today to give, to connect yourself to this vision and what God is doing here, ask the Lord what he would have you give. And I'm going to give you an opportunity to sow into this ministry and what God is doing. That's right, Brother Michael. Jesus took our poverty on the cross as well as our iniquities. Jesus paid the price for you not to be broke. It says, actually, in layman's terms, in 2 Corinthians 8, it says, He took your poverty that you might be rich. So God intends for you to be abundantly supplied for. In Jesus' name. No worries, Brother John. It's good to see you. Let me pray over everybody's seed today. I believe this is going to be a week of supernatural financial harvests. I've been feeling it in my spirit the last three days that God is making money moves in the spirit. People are having supernatural harvests come in rapidly this week. I've sensed it. Thank you, Brother Michael. I'm going to give you the different ways you can give. They're on your screen. Cash app is dollar sign revival way. Venmo is at revival way. PayPal is at revival way. And you can give on our website, revivalway.com. And you can click partner financially today. There's a link in the chat for you right now. You can also give through super chat on YouTube. And I thank you ahead of time for your generosity. I have a passion in my spirit to see this generation full of faith in the Holy Ghost. The devil thinks he will have Generation Z. He will not. We are taking this generation by storm. We're reaching literally hundreds of millions of people each month on different social media platforms. Gathering the saints online. Reaching this young generation. So you can help us. I believe God's going to send 100 people, at least 100 people to this ministry this year to sow $1,000 or more. Some people can sow 1000 Some people can sow 10000 I ask that you would ask the Holy Ghost what he would have you give today. And whatever you're believing for, I'll, I'll attach my faith with you. We'll believe God for a supernatural breakthrough. And I'm very thankful for every person that gives to this ministry. You guys are... Major blessings. Thank you very much for your generosity. And as you sow generously, watch how you will reap generously. Hello, Tracy in Florida. God bless you. Let me pray for everybody. Wherever you're giving from, just hold your device in your hand and close your eyes. Father, in Jesus' name, I join my faith with every person under the sound of my voice now. Every person giving, whether live or after this is recorded. I pray now that you would bless them, increase them, multiply their seeds sown and their harvest reaped. Whatever they're believing for, I touch an agreement now in accordance to your word. Angels, ministering spirits, go Cause the word to work and cause the money to come. And Satan, take your hands off of every dollar and every harvest now. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. And Amen. Well, God bless you, everybody. 
This has been an awesome time this morning. If you know that God is raising you up to preach the gospel and you want to go to one of the best Bible schools in the nation, I encourage you to watch this. And don't forget to join me tomorrow morning at 1130 a.m. sharp. I will be here. And tomorrow, if you thought today was good, tomorrow is going to rock your socks off. So uh, don't miss tomorrow, 1130 a.m. Central Standard Time. Bye-bye. Jonathan Shuttlesworth with you in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. If you feel called into the ministry, we just launched Revival Today Bible Institute. Had our first in incoming class, and we're about to do another intake. It's $2,000 for the entire year. We're going to train them up in what they need to know in the Bible, what they need to know legally, what they need to know in the realm of economics to make impact in the ministry. If that's you, the information is on the screen right now. I'd like to hear from you. Don't pull it off. I'm Jonathan Shuttlesworth, and I'm waiting for your...